as we continue our series learning from the words of Jesus as he hung on the cross, we come across words that, that bring us back to a reality that we have not yet explored in this series. The reality of physical pain. Jesus said, I thirst. We're brought back to, to a depth of humanity that, 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 is, that is something we can relate to in a very real way. Physical pain. The words of Jesus, I thirst, at first blush, might be seen as words that one could skip over, and many do. But when we pause in this moment, they remind us of a very important part of Jesus' humanity, a very important part of, of what was taking place on the cross, Jesus' physical limitations. Yes, he was fully God, but he was also fully human, and, and he gave up that power of, of physically being able to overcome anything to relate to us in our humanity. Historically, there have been some that have fallen far on the side of emphasizing the physical suffering of Jesus, uh, showing all the gory and, and, and extreme details of the crucifixion. This was evident in the movie that was made by Mel Gibson more than 15 years ago, The Passion of the Christ, a very gory portrayal, and likely in many ways a very real portrayal of what happened to Jesus. But many others have also almost completely ignored the physical sufferings of Jesus. This might be more the reality of the subculture that I am a part of. That we, that we oftentimes explore the, the, the mental anguish, the spiritual anguish, the relational anguish that Jesus is feeling, but, but, but maybe sometimes we leave out that other aspect of the, the physical, the true physical suffering of Jesus. I believe John put this in to the Bible for multiple reasons. One of those reasons was because there was this uh, philosophy, there was this ideology, this belief system that, that existed within that time period known as Gnosticism. And we still have Gnostics today. We don't usually refer to them in, in, in those words, but we still have Gnostics today. And one of the primary tenets of a Gnostic was that the spirit, the, the, the essence of a person was altogether good, but matter, the, the physical structure of a person was, was altogether evil or is altogether evil. To quote William Barclay, certain conclusions followed. One was that God, who was pure spirit, could never take upon himself a body because that was matter and matter was evil. The Gnostics then in John's day therefore taught that Jesus never had a real body. They said that he was only a phantom they said, for instance, that when Jesus, this was something that Gnostics wrote in their literature, that when, when Jesus walked, his feet left no footprints because he was not really matter. People might have seen a body, but it was, it was not real substance of anything. But Jesus did have a body, and he did suffer on that cross. I thirst, he cried out. We've seen on the cross, and we see on the cross, and from the description of the Gospels, we see that, that there is more 
to this process of death than just what happens to the physical body. There's more than just the physical suffering. Eugene Peterson states it in his book, Tell It Slant. There is a sense of abandonment. There is forgiveness. We've read about both those. There is hope and assurance. We've read about that. There is responsibility for the people who are left behind. We read about that. There is even this, this sense of needing to say some final words, the final summation of things, and we'll be looking at that in future weeks. And though there is also pain. There's also a physical element that takes place at the cross. The body shutting down, lungs failing, heart failing, kidneys failing. In Jesus' death, this was experienced. And this was related to us through the book of John as Jesus cried out in excruciating pain, I thirst. Hebrews chapter 4, the book of Hebrews in the Bible, chapter 4 and verse 14 tells us this. Since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast to our confession. Let us be confident in our confession. Let us trust in Jesus. And then verse 15 of Hebrews chapter 4 tells us why. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to, to sympathize, to empathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are and is yet without sin. Jesus doesn't only struggle with the relational sorrow that we have, with the, with the spiritual sorrow that we have, with the emotional sorrow that we have. Jesus also can relate and empathize to the physical struggles that we have. And we sometimes leave this out when we talk about the cross. As John Calvin so aptly stated many, many, many decades ago, Christ has put on our feelings along with our flesh. I thirst, Jesus said. I run a lot. I run probably more miles on average than, than the average human being does in a week. And whenever I'm done running, I am thirsty. I want something to drink. I bring water with me in the car so that when I'm finished, I may have something to drink. A lot of people wake up in the morning and, and the, through their sleep, they become a little bit dehydrated and, and they're thirsty. And so, and so they have a, maybe a bottle of water by their bedside or they go down to their kitchen to get water because they are thirsty. The thirst after a run is a normal thirst. The thirst after a waking up from a, a good night's sleep is a, is a normal thirst. The thirst of Jesus was not a normal thirst. It was a painful, suffering thirst. It was a dying thirst. Timothy Keller reports in something that he read that, that one of the things that people died of when they were crucified was dehydration. They died a horrible death of thirst. Keller goes on to say that, that, that medical reports indicate that, that dehydration, the pain of dehydration is like the pain of burning, of burn. Have you ever been burned? I've been burned. Uh, touch a hot stove, uh, some hot steam on your hand, bump into an iron, 
one of those things. And, and a burn is one of the most painful injuries that you can have, a serious burn especially. Because that pain lingers. It's not just the immediate pain of, the, of a cut or the immediate pain of, of a shot, but, but a burn oftentimes hurts long after the initial pain. And they say that to die of dehydration is basically to have that, that burning feeling inside of you. You feel like you're burning up on the inside. You, you feel like you've swallowed that, that steaming hot water. It's absolutely horrible. That is not a normal thirst. That is a, a thirst of pain, a deep physical pain. Jesus cried out, I thirst. I thirst. John brings this to our attention, I believe, to, to both show us that Jesus was real, a real human with a real body. But also I see in John bringing this to our attention, it helps us to understand is that Jesus is a Savior. Jesus is a person that we can relate to unlike any other divine human being, divine being. Jesus can relate to us in our emotional struggles, the suffering he went through of abandonment as he approached the cross and as he was on the cross. Jesus can relate to, to the struggle that we have with sin as all the sin of the world was placed upon Jesus. Jesus can relate to us in, in the feeling of relational loss as he has to say goodbye to his own mother. But Jesus can also, and yes, Jesus also can relate to us physically because it was not just spiritual things happening on the cross. Jesus was suffering physical pain. I thirst, he says. This is something that many need to know about Jesus. Have you ever realized that there is a, a comfort in shared pain? There is a comfort in in being able to relate to someone who has gone through similar struggles, emotionally, spiritually, and yes, even physically. I suffer from intermittent bouts of severe back pain. In fact, it's usually something I can expect at some degree or not, almost every day or every week at the very least. In the five years that I've been the pastor here at Spencerville, it has gotten worse, and I even came to the point where I had to have neck surgery. And my doctors tell me that likely in my future there are more surgeries uh, to come in relation to my back and my, and my spine. Now I can tell you the names of two or three, maybe even four other individuals in our church that struggle with back issues. How? Because they found me or, or I found them and we talk about our issues, yes, to encourage one another, but, but oddly there is also this, this comfort. There's this, there's this empathy. There's this power in knowing that someone else is or has experienced what I am experiencing. This is the purpose, of course, of, of cancer support groups or of of HIV support groups or of diabetes support groups. Let's take it down even further. Grandparents and, and parents, when you have a small child and that, that small child or grandchild gets an injury, what do you do? 
One of the things you do right away is you is you're trying to comfort them. You show them your scars and you tell them your stories of pain. Oh, look, when I was your age, I got this. Because we intuitively know that there's a comfort to that child in knowing that we can relate to their pain. When I was in first grade, my family lived in Angwin, California. And Angwin, California is a, a small little uh, town that sits at the top of the hill in a, in a little valley. I've been told that it's an inactive volcano bed. I don't know if that's actually true or not, but that's what I've been told. And my dad was a professor at a small private college there, Pacific Union College. And every day I would run to school. There was trails all over this, this mountain. And, and every day I would run to school. I would never go directly to school. I would always go on different trails around the place. And one morning I was running to school on the trails around the college. And I was on a narrow trail above a road. There was a road that ran down at the bottom, the base of this hill that I was on. And I was on this narrow trail and I slipped. First grader, I went tumbling down the side of this mountain and, and at some point I hit the mountain in such a way that it threw me out into the road, out towards the road. And my face collided with a road sign that was there on the side of the road. Now just on a side note of a little bit of humor, this is an absolute true story. The road sign said, beware student crossing. I was the student crossing in that moment. Split my mouth wide open. I ran the rest of the way to school with blood pouring out of my face. I had left my lunch and everything behind. Eventually I went to the hospital and they, they, they took care of me and they patched me all up and put all the stitches in and did all the things that they need to do. But I tell you this because the interesting thing is there is only one conversation that I remember in that entire morning and that entire incident. I don't remember what my, my mom said when she came and picked me up to take me to the hospital. I don't remember what my dad said when he saw me there with my, my lips flayed open. I don't remember what the secretary said when I came running into the office with blood all over me and with blood dripping all over her, her floor and her desk. I remember this one conversation. I remember laying on the cot in the office there, and the principal of the school, who I can't even remember his name, the principal of the school showing me his finger and telling me the story of how he had almost, when he was my age, cut his finger almost entirely off, and it was all the way down and into the bone. That's it. That is the one verbal memory that I have from that event. My sliced face and his sliced finger and him relating to me in my pain. That's all I remember. John tells us Jesus thirsts. He was in physical pain. Jesus is the one divine being that can relate to your physical pain. There are people that are watching this message right now that need to know that and need to understand that. There are people that are watching this message right now that are, that are very fearful of the potential pain that they might face due to the COVID-19 virus. There are people that are, that, are, that, are, that are in pain already, in deep physical pain, and in fact, their pain might be even worse than it was even two or three weeks ago. 
as studies show that, that isolation actually increases the sensation of physical pain. And I want those people who are either fearful of the pain that may come or they are themselves in immense pain right now. I want you to hear this. Jesus understands. Jesus can relate even to your physical pain. Our physical pain is not always removed from us. It wasn't removed from Jesus. He, he took that, that vinegar wine, but, but it was not removed. He was still dying of this starvation. But we can know that we are not alone. Jesus is there. And when he reaches into our lives to comfort us, he is not reaching into our lives of one, as one who does not understand. He does not do it so as one that is unfamiliar with emotional or relational or physical pain, nor is he unfamiliar with physical pain. Some of us try to be so strong spiritually when we're going through physical suffering. Oh, it's no big deal. But, but Jesus comes to you and he says, I know you're in pain and I am here with you and I understand your pain. It's okay to hurt. It's okay to be scared of the pain. I too thirsted. So if you are thirsty today and you happen to be watching this and you've, you've never done so, I want to invite you to ask Jesus into your life to, to be the only one that can truly, no matter what your situation, relate to everything that is going on in your life. To simply say, Jesus, I need you because this pain is too much for me. If you are thirsty today, in pain today, and your actual physical pain is, is feeling far more than you can handle, there is one you can talk to who's not going to tell you to, to buck up and to get over it. One who you can talk to who's not, who's not going to say, I just, I can't relate. No, the one you can talk to who understands exactly what you feel, his name is Jesus. And your pain is his pain. He too said, I thirst. I'm in pain. So today and this week ahead, as you go through the challenge of your pain, as you go through the fear, the anticipation of pain, you can go to Jesus. You don't have to be strong. It's okay to weep in his arms to suffer in his arms, but know that he is there to be near you and to comfort you. And yes, he does give us strength. None of us have to be alone in our pain or our suffering because Jesus, the king of the universe, took on humanity, our emotions and our flesh, so that in every way he could relate to us and minister to us. Let us pray. Jesus, we thank you that you are a God that can reach into every part of our human experience. And I want to pray right now, Jesus, that you will be near to those who are fearful of the pain that is to come 
and those who are actually in pain right now. Lord, be their God. Their pain may not go away, though we do pray for this. But Lord, it may not be eased completely. But Lord, we pray still that they will be comforted in knowing that, that the Savior of the universe understands their pain and will walk with them, will, will carry them through this trial. Jesus, and finally, I do pray because I still believe that you are a healing God. I don't know when you will heal, but I know that all that come to you, all that are thirsty, you bring healing to in some way. Whether that's now or at the second coming, I pray and I thank you, Jesus, for the healing that will come for those that come to you. And we thank you for the day and the truth that there will come a day when there will no longer be any thirst. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.